Welcome to Tony Steak Podcast. Welcome to the Tony's Take Podcast, episode 307. I'm Sean, and joined with me, we have Off-Road Andy. Hello. And Tony Katz. Yes, hello. Thank you for tuning in. Hit that subscribe button, share with a friend, and check out our entertainment podcast right after this. Uh, we're just going to be getting into the NFL today. Uh, no, nothing else to talk about, but uh, plenty of NFL. Sorry, Andy. Yeah, I mean, I, it's not what I want to talk about. But I mean, before I actually review the, the weekend, um, we did want to talk a little bit about like uh, coaching, that kind of stuff with uh, who was fired, um, who wasn't fired. And where um, we think they could possibly go next, where it could be a good yeah. fit for them, or rumors of teams that are now looking for a new coach. And um, the first thing I'd like to talk about is like the funny thing with the coach that was fired was uh, Clint Kingsbury from uh, – the Arizona Cardinals was fired, which I think definitely fired a lot earlier than most people would have thought when he signed the contract with Arizona, a lot earlier than Arizona would have thought because I believe he still had at least like five or so years left on that contract. Yeah, I think the contract was signed before this season, so he only made it one year. But And, know, they, and if I'm not mistaken, they owed him whatever that money left was, and he decided that he basically said the hell with any teams or anybody that want to interview him right now, and he – Bought himself a, a ticket to Thailand, but the best part about it was is he just bought himself a one-way ticket to Thailand. So as of Although now... Although some people said that's not true. Okay. That well, it's not legal. Thailand would not allow you to do that. Okay, well... It's would still, they uh, actually know? Yeah. yeah. But regardless, for the sake of what was been told and the funniness of it, they say he did get a... It's been rumored then that he somehow yeah. got a one-way ticket. And the best part about that is, is that's just his way of basically saying, like, I'm just going to relax. I'm just going to chill and I'll take a vacation and I'll decide what I'm going to do at another time. And does he have a family or is he just a bachelor? I don't know. Cause that's gotta be the proof of a bachelor, <laughs> yeah, I, right? Yeah. I don't think <laughs> okay, I don't I see it any other way. Kids. Well then put me on FaceTime. Yeah. yeah. I think uh weird story there, you know, early success, but you know, he was fired as a college coach. And then he was going to be an offensive coordinator at USC before the Cardinals gave him the head coaching job. But I don't know. Uh, sometimes your first head coaching job doesn't work out. Some things go wrong. And I think a good example of that in the pros would be Pete Carroll. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of examples of that. Yeah, I know. There's People are losing records and then their second Pete, job. Pete Carroll, who, what team did he coach in the NFL? Was it the Patriots? Patriots. And I know he did horrible, and then he went to well, USC. He didn't do horrible. He went to the Super Bowl in one of those games, I believe. Sounds horrible. Yeah. Well, regardless, he he quickly won a Super Bowl with Seattle. Yeah. And then got to the Super Bowl, like, shortly after. But, yeah, no, it just happens. And some people, I think, are just meant for – like, college and NFL are just two completely different games. It's two completely different, you know, groups of people. And I, some people are just really good – college coaches and don't pan out in the NFL. Some are really good NFL and don't pan out in college. And, and sometimes some people are good coordinators. Exactly. Good head coaches. And I think one of those examples I actually was just saying last night is uh, Dan Quinn. How yeah. He's we'll, a great we'll defensive see, coordinator. He'll get another chance. I know he will, but yeah. I just, it's clear and obvious in my opinion though, that defensive coordinating is, is his jam. Mm -hmm. And I think maybe if you do have a coordinator that that's good, that is that good, you know, I mean, it's a bummer because they don't get the head coach money, but yeah. Which is and then it's always it's always great when you finally when you get the guy who's a proven good coordinator and proven bad head coach that's kind of resigned to the fact. Um, so like 
let's say Dan Quinn takes a head coaching job this year and it goes terribly, he probably will never get another chance, right, as a head coach. So whoever gets him as a D coordinator can just keep him as a D coordinator forever. Um, I think similar to your, uh, your old uh, boy, Dick LeBeau. And so oh, yeah. like, I think he coached someone in the 90s and it didn't go well. And he went returned back to the Steelers and was like, I'm just a D coordinator now. And he was that for yeah, another a long time. He was a D coordinator there for a long time. He retired at like well in his 70s. But And then I, I know the Carolina Panthers have let go of their coach. Uh, the well, they did that mid-season, yeah. But they're, but I get you right. But I guess I should say that they're needing a new coach. Yeah, they're not necessarily retaining him. Although I think he's going to um, well interview. The biggest notable coach that's out there that they talked about is Sean Payton. Where do you think he will land? Where would you like him to I land? Do you think he's going to sit out another year? You do. That's bold. Because right now um, he's still under contract with New Orleans. If and you get him, you have to trade a first round, most likely. First round pick for him. For a coach. That's kind of funny. Yes. And you don't see that too often. Um, yeah, the last time it happened was John Gruden with going from the Raiders to the Bucks, but also Belichick went from the Jets to the Patriots too. Um, so it's definitely happened. Um, Doc Rivers, that was basketball, but the Clippers gave up a first round pick for Doc Rivers, hmm. which was not worth it in my opinion. <laughs> Probably not. Um but um, I think that's going to limit some teams because, um, for one, Denver is interested. Denver doesn't even have a first-round pick, so it's going to happen there. <laughs> um, and if a team is picking in the top 10, top five, there's no way they want to give that pick up to New Orleans. That's true. Um, just for a coach. And New Orleans should already have a top 10-ish pick. They don't. Oh, they don't. They traded their pick, um, their first-round pick this year, um, to move up to draft Olave. Which is like, uh, uh, it might not have been that yeah, bad. Yeah, a lot of he's a good receiver. He's great, so. long, once he gets a quarterback. Yeah. Um, but they, yeah, they don't have a first round pick this year. I forgot where it went. Okay, that makes sense. Um, I think Detroit, they're going to Detroit. Isn't that true? Um, we'll get into draft stuff probably at the end of the season. But um, we do know the first 22 slots now, now that the first round's over. But um, yeah, I don't know. What other, what other coaches were fired? I don't, I don't remember. I know. Well, I know the Houston Texans coach was. Yeah, the Texans. We knew Lovey Smith was gone. The Colts Um, might be in need for a coach. The Colts need a new coach. Um, Denver. Yeah, Denver needs something. See. Um, I think that's it. Cardinals. Denver. Cardinals will need something. So, um, and then it's possible there's still the big rumors about if McVeigh's going to come back, or did I see he is coming back? He confirmed he's coming back. I did. But Aaron Donald also retired. So oh, I there is some that. news. Hey, there is some football um, news. At least he put on his Twitter bio, former NFL player. Ooh. So people think that's what that means. Um, Jim Harbaugh was a big candidate. He interviewed with some teams. He did announce that he is not going to yeah, he's go back to his... Every time he does this to Michigan, I don't know if it's but he goes. He said he's going back to Michigan. Right? Yeah, yeah. I but don't is know it, why he is it either. a play to get Michigan to give him more money? I, I don't know, but he's done it twice in a row now. Um, I would, it just reminds me of a, a Wolf of Wall Street where he just goes, yeah. he's like big announcement. Everybody thinks he's leaving. He's like, I'm not fucking leaving. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, one of the problems with some of the, the open head coaching slots is like, are they teams you want to take over? Yeah. Um, Denver is stuck with Russell Wilson. The Cardinals, um, Kyler Murray's out for most of next year and he's owed a ton of money. And is that even the guy you want to build around? There's a lot of question marks there. Carolina doesn't have a quarterback on the roster and they're not going to be drafting in a spot to get uh, one of the top two guys. Um, yeah, so there's just a lot of question marks. The Colts, maybe the best 
job because they could move up. And if you're like, well, you know, I want to coach, um, what's his name? Bryce Young. And they're like, that's the deal is we're going to trade up. We're going to get Bryce Young. And I'm uh, a young offensive genius or something like that. The Lions offensive coordinator is a very big um, coaching candidate because um, he's young and he led a great offense with not the greatest talent. So he's a big, hot coaching candidate. But um, I don't know. Yeah. All right. It's a. It's always a a tough decision to make, and then you can't even evaluate it really after a year. You never know. Um, there are coaches that have a great first year as a head coach, and you're like, what a great hire, and then they're never heard from again. You know, yeah. They have a couple bad seasons they're out, and then they're just gone. So you actually do see. That. I think they've already kind of rumored that possibly with like even the Browns coach. I feel like he was coach of the year's rookie year, or not rookie, but first year, and yeah, yeah losing record since. And yeah, they've. He's been one of those guys, and uh, yeah. But uh, shall we just get into the wild card review? Tell the people what happened, how we did. Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll We're, start. We'll just go in order. Oh, um, okay. So Seattle and San Francisco. I think the game went as we thought. We said San Francisco is way better. I, I literally watched like pretty much every single game, so I've been. But yeah, no, I, 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 I did. I watched this one. Yeah. <laughs> um, it was a surprise that Seattle took the lead at halftime, but. I was not in any doubt. The only, the only doubt was, well, what if with the lead at halftime, Brock Purdy melts down completely in the second half? Yeah. And that didn't happen. The exact opposite happened, um, I think. Did they even score or allow any points in the second half? They might not. Have. I don't even remember what the final score is. I just know it was like 30-something to like under 20 or something like that. So, okay, they, they did get a touchdown. Okay, so it was 41-23. So they outscored them to 25-6 to in the second half. And, uh, yeah, no, you're right. It went as we thought it would. Uh, you know, DK Metcalf actually had probably his best game of the season. Ten catches, 136 yards, two touchdowns. But, uh, unfortunately, they needed a little bit more than that. And, uh, you know, they, they fought for a little bit. Like we said, they were winning at halftime. But the Niners just uh, too strong of an overall team and uh, ended up pulling it off in the second half, having a great second half. And uh, they will be moving on in the playoffs and they have a great game coming up this Sunday, which we will uh, eventually yeah. talk about. And uh, for our pick, it was San Francisco nine and a half. We both went San Francisco. Yeah. So, so we both won that one. Uh, the next game, this is, this is what's, what's tough here. And I don't know how long I'll talk about it. Or no, we don't need to talk about it long, um, but I think people know what happened. Chargers, Jacksonville. Um, of course I had so much anxiety leading up to it, even though, I was at peace if they lost the game. I said it's still a successful season that they made the playoffs with a very injured roster and they could build towards something in the future. And maybe days later, I'm, I'm closer to there again. Um, but, of course, if they were going to lose, it had to be in the worst possible way. 27-0 um, at halftime. Uh, they're winning. Not losing. They're winning 27 nothing at halftime. Or not, well, no, 27-7 yeah, at halftime. They got the late touchdown. But 27 nothing with about two minutes left. Um, and I am so broken as a, as a fan, I did not feel comfortable with the 27 to nothing. Um, and you go over every little moment during that 27 to nothing that they could have done better. It's like, what could they have done better? Which is like, in, in, in the NFL, there's always little plays you miss that you could have done better. But it's like 27 nothing. you should be relaxed. Nothing bad's going to happen. Um, so it is the third. It's the third worst playoff blown lead, um, but it's still the fifth worst ever. There's just been a lot of high-profile um, playoff blown leads too. 
Um, the, the most I think was, was a 30, 32 was the, the bills Oilers in like the early nineties. That was the famous one. The Vikings game this year broke that record. Um, yeah, was, but uh, just like, it's so, why does it have to be that way? That's, that's what I spent the next like 48 hours of why, why this way? Why does everyone know? Um, it's like a, a running joke and it's like, there are so many people who I'm sure watch that game like, well, this is over 27 nothing. While there's a lot of other people who are like, well, it's the Chargers still blow it because that's a reputation. And that, that sucks to be in, in that, that position. And I don't know if the players are thinking about it. I think there is one player on the team that definitely had that in his mind and, and it drove him crazy. And um, I can't blame him because we were basically the same person during that second half of the game. Um, but yeah, the thing that sucks is I felt it happening while it was still 27 to nothing. I don't know if you remember the, the big play at the end of the first half. They had a third in inches, which I don't think it should have been a third in inches. I think it was a first down. But they're like, we'll get this, so we're just going to run up to the line. Um, oh, this does They, they fumble on the third in inches, lose like 10 yards, are forced to punt with two minutes left. Uh, Jacksonville gets good field position out of that. Scores a touchdown right before the half, and it's 27-7. And that is doable. They're going in the locker room saying, that's a, that's three touchdowns. That's that's easy. We can do it. Um, and why as a fan was like, well, they're going to fucking blow this now because they blew that fucking play. Um, this is going to be it. And and it was. Everything that Jacksonville needed happened. Um, they scored all four possessions of the second half. The Chargers scored only once, and it was a field goal. If they'd scored one touchdown in their four possessions, they would have won the game. Um, the worst penalties at the worst time, um, a helmet offsides, you know, a hand clearly onsides, but a guy's helmet is offsides. The gate's probably the biggest defensive play they had in the second half that would have um, ended a Jacksonville drive. It just, it was a fucking horror movie. Oh, and it just like, I don't know what it is. I mean, the Chargers have had the same problem for my entire lifetime, but I'm staring at these uh, initials here, LAC, <laughs> and I'm saying this is fucking Josh Smith hitting nine threes against the Clippers in, in a game six. Um, this is losing three consecutive double-digit leads against the Nuggets. Why does this shit keep happening? Why? Why Why can't I have any fun? Why? The world is telling me that I need to stop watching sports because it's just going to be fucking brutal. Like, it just has to be this way. It can't be normal we're going to make it the most painful it could be and it's just really fucking hard <laughs> the you know that was uh so i'm gonna have to ask, i'm gonna ask you just a couple things see if you what you your thoughts oh no responses so one of the things that i was listening to that i heard was that they said how last year staley was very aggressive in certain situations and this year he's been a little more conservative and i think a lot of people remember last year in that final game of the season when he, I forget exactly the circumstance, but when, when I know when he went for it late on the fourth down or something like that, or his own, whether it was deep in his own territory or something that backfired and then, you know, led to ultimately the Raiders winning that game and the Chargers not going to the playoffs. But I also, because a lot of some things I was hearing were saying that, and it's tough, you can go either way. Dicker's obviously been a great kicker for them all year. They didn't think he'd miss a 40 yard field goal, but it was fourth and three. And I think some stuff I was listening to was saying how last year they think Staley would have gone for that. 
and been like fourth and three. If we miss it, oh well, we're still winning. They have the ball uh, all the way down here, like you know, yada yada, because they think they thought the difference between going up by six or being up by three isn't like you know too much different. But especially if there was eight minutes left too at that time, and I think Staley last year would have gone for that. And I'm wondering if is that like an owner or something saying, hey, don't be that aggressive this year, and he's got to and he holds it back, and then. I think when you in any sport in any circumstance when you have a huge lead, and then it gets to the point where it does become close again, you al- you almost just play afraid. You know, you're not playing with the way you were playing. You're not playing the way that got you that you know 27 point lead, or if it's hockey, that three four goal lead. It's like I've seen a lot of teams in hockey. Like I have a buddy of mine that says the worst lead to have in hockey is three zero because you get too relaxed. Next thing you know, and if it's three one, then three two you almost start playing afraid and stuff and you see blowouts and you see stuff. I mean, uh, comebacks like that all the time where it's, you know, that you would just look at the other, the team that's winning and you're like, why aren't we doing what we were doing in the first, the first half? But, uh, what, yeah. uh, yeah. Cause it, like when it goes from 27, nothing to 27, 14, it feels inevitable that you're never going to get another stop. Yeah. And if they only, if they got one stop, they win the game that Jackson had to score every single time. Um, but yeah, that field goal decision, uh, a lot of people have talked about that math. Um, there's other situations. You said it wasn't going from three to six; it's going from ten to thirteen. But it was the same, the same idea. Um, you go from ten to thirteen. All that does is tell the Jaguars they have to go for two touchdowns. Yeah. Um, it doesn't really help because the way they were moving, Jackson would have got another touchdown at the end instead of kicking the field goal, running the clock down. Um, so it doesn't really help you. Um, missing, missing, or the Keeping it at 10 helps you in a way in that if you do give up a touchdown and they're down by three, their mindset changes to trying to tie and actually kind of helps you, um, which would have happened, but Jacksonville had that two-point conversion that kind of threw, they, threw that and away. And they only did that because of the penalty. I mean, Joey yes. Bosa obviously was – was yeah. it looked held on that play, and he was very passionate about it because he saw, like, what was now happening in that game. Yeah, so I, I alluded to that, and Joey Bosa has been on the team longer than anyone Keenan Allen. And I think it got to him the history. Yeah. Where players who are brand new to the team, maybe they don't know, but Joey Bosa has been through a lot of awful losses. And he definitely felt like this is slipping away and there's nothing I can do about it. I make a great play and my helmet was offsides and that they took it from me and they're not giving me the calls and, he's got and I can't do anything about it. And he had a meltdown, which is like, it makes sense. I, I had a meltdown here, so I, think, I, I can't blame him. I think times like that too, when you're, when you're the leader of that defense and you have a meltdown like that, I think – also, what you would like almost hope it does is that the team around you starts seeing it and it's like, okay, this guy's, you know, that's our teammate. That's our brother. He's passionate. He's, you know, upset. We need to, we need to be there for, we need to back him up. We need to play better. But, and, you know, Jacksonville with the way things are today, it's a different game. And they unfortunately did take advantage of that because that, that penalty made it go from the, because it was a, a personal foul, made it go from the two to the one. And, you know, they have Trevor Lawrence, who's, what close to about six six or so, and he literally did the perfect play for that. Just jumped up and reached over, and that's all he needed to do. And he said that wasn't the call. He said today that he, he did on did. his own. Yeah, he said I I can just reach over and it'll count. Oh, which good for him. You know, we'll talk about it a little later. It doesn't always work. Uh, oh yeah, no, it does not. <laughs> but uh, the other quarterback, not quite as tall as Trevor yeah. Lawrence. But uh, uh, I mean, but yeah, as far as Staley's aggressiveness, that's something that's been noted all year long. The problem is, I think after last year and that Raiders game. He went for it um, in their own territory, but it was early in the game. It was not like at the very end and allowed the Raiders to come back or something. 
Because, I mean, the, char- the Chargers had to have a, an amazing comeback to tie the game last year. So I think people are forgetting that part of it. Um, but the traditional old media made Brandon Staley out to be, like, the enemy um, after last season. Um, I saw a thing with Rex Ryan, which is, like, you shouldn't listen to the people on ESPN and stuff because they just are. Yeah, no, they're... But he was so offended. He said that Brandon Staley is insulting the memory of Bill Parcells and Bill Walsh and all the legends that came before him. I'm like, what a fucking incredible statement. That's <laughs> just fucking football. Um, but even, like, if you listen to the broadcast, like, Al Michaels is like, oh, reference Staley might go for it on fourth down. It's like, have you not been watching any of the games this year? They are not going for it on fourth I mean, down. For, in Al Michaels' defense, all he was given this year was shitty Thursday yeah, night games, so he probably hasn't been. <laughs> but the reputation was, that was sunk in and nobody changed it. That's why it makes me wonder if if you if there was a higher power that was telling him he to be more conservative. I'm not sure. I mean, he he said in uh, some interviews that they're not as aggressive this year because they think the defense and special teams are better. And the other part of it is the offense is way worse. So last year, go for it on fourth and three. They're probably going to get it. The offense was going great. This year, the offense was shitty, and that that really was the story. I told you that before, last week. I said people think the Chargers' offense is good because yeah, no, they have good. star players. Their offense is. Really bad. I think honestly, I was uh, listening. I was listening back to our uh, podcast, and we actually both gave very good takes on this game because you, the stuff you did, you know, you obviously being a Charger fan, you dug into it pretty good with your reasons of why, what the how the Chargers are. And if you remember what I said, I, I said I think this is the type of game that will go down to a game-winning field goal. And I said inside like forty yards at the end, and sure enough, it did come down. Unfortunately, it was for Jacksonville, but literally a field goal at the as time expired that I think was what, like 35 yards or something? Yeah, it was pretty short. And also, when he kicked it, that almost – I didn't yeah. think that was good at first. I think there was some wind, which affected the other missed kick. But. Yeah. Well, it's all but right. Yeah, I think I the last I, note – They'll be better next season. They, well, it's I, a good team still. I think the last note here is about, um, like I said, the offense. It was clearly the problem all year long. Uh, the offensive coordinator has a bad scheme, and it doesn't help. Last year they had everyone healthy, and they were able to work it. The run game – was much better um, this year. The run game was like bottom five and it really showed in the second half. Um, the coach has been fired, the offensive coordinator. And it was, he said it was very tough because the offensive coordinator, Wait, the Chargers, who was fired? their offensive coordinator, oh, Joe, Joe Lombardi. Uh, Joe Lombardi was the offensive coordinator for like the college that Brandon Staley went to, that Brandon Staley played quarterback at. So like, this is a guy who was like his mentor that he had to fire. Um, and that's that's a rough situation. I think it, he probably should have never been hired in the first place. Um, of course, that he when Staley was hired, his first call was to Mike McDaniel, and the Niners said, "No, you can't hire him away." And now that guy's a head coach. Um, they went they went with Joe Lombardi, whose only timing as an offensive coordinator was with the Detroit Lions when they had Matthew Stafford and Calvin Johnson. And all the Lions fans says this guy sucks. He killed our team. He was fired after two seasons, and Calvin Johnson just like retired. He's like, I can't, I hate football now. Um, so this guy doesn't have a great reputation, and now he's clearly the the guy to blame here. Um, I think this is the the best decision they could have made. A lot of fans want Staley out of there. I think he was unfairly criticized in a lot of ways. Some things just fucking are horrible luck. I talked about the Mike Williams thing, um, or you you texted me about that. I said, should he be fired if Mike Williams, if they lose because Mike Williams isn't playing? And I said, I hate talking about this because I think that's just really, it's more bad luck than anything. 
Um, it was just, I don't agree with the decision that that was a bad decision, but he's, he's not the only person who's ever made that decision to play players in a, in a game that doesn't matter. Yeah. And it just, the worst thing happened. <laughs> that, that, that can happen. Um, it just, it didn't happen to Tampa Bay. It didn't happen to other teams across. Yeah. Dallas kind of did the, played all their starters in the game. Yeah. That ultimately didn't end up meaning anything. So it just, it, it's, it sucks that happened, but I don't think it was a fireable offense, but I think moving forward, this is probably the best thing is. Now it really is like a make or break year. Um, I think if they don't make the playoffs next year, he's definitely out. Um, they maybe have to do a little more um, in the playoffs, but I don't know. I I think one of one of my fears is like I keep saying that the coaches that they don't work out in their first stint, and then they get fired, and then they are a great coordinator again. Then they get the second chance, and they're they're awesome. That could happen in this case. Yeah, I can see Staley being a pretty good yeah. offensive coordinator, actually. He's like, a de- defensive guy. Oh, so well, maybe defense. Well, I mean, he he had a, an incredible defensive game plan to start to start, um, and that's that's what he was he was known for. Was like Wait, the, remind me, who was he the D coordinator for? The Rams. Oh, okay. in twenty twenty, and like a lot of people, are like, oh yeah, Aaron Donald, but it's like no, that year they were way more dominant on defense than any other year. Um, that was just the year that. That was Jared Goff's last year. That was that were, the Patriot year when they lost to the Patriots? No, it was, it was the, the year. I mean, they were bad. Jared, that's the last year of Jared Goff. Oh, okay. And they were the number one defense by far, what their offense was like, 20th or something. And that's why they're like, we got to move on from Goff. Yeah. Um, well, shall we uh, argue? Is that yeah, your last yeah, I mean, the Chargers I'm, until, until I'm like, we get to the summer? I'm like 75% moved on. but yeah, You'll get there. Um, no, I don't know if I can have any investment in them going forward because, like, well, this is just going to happen again. Like they could, they can go sixteen and one next year, and I am worried they'll blow a five hundred point lead. So, <laughs> well, but yeah, let's let's move on. Okay, well, we'll move on to the game that was supposed to be the most lopsided of the week, and actually was a very close game. We have the Miami Dolphins at the Buffalo Bills. Buffalo Bills ended up closing as they actually closed. We have it on here as uh, Bills minus thirteen. Bills actually closed at fourteen. Money was coming in on the Bills, and it looked like there was a reason they were favored by 14. I watched uh, the, uh, this entire game, and they were up uh, – they they were moving the ball great to begin with. Their defense looked good, and they were up 17-0 at one point, 14-0, and then they actually caught a ball in the end zone to make it 20-0. That was reviewed, and the tight end did drop it. Ended up getting a field goal. They're up 17-0, and then the tide changed quickly. Miami stormed back, scored 17 points. In seven minutes, Josh Allen did what he's kind of been doing recently and turning the ball over. And then at at one point, I think it was the second half, uh, Josh Allen gets sacked, fumbles, and leads to a uh, Miami Dolphins uh, defensive touchdown. And the Dolphins uh, had themselves the lead for a little bit. And then the Bills uh, went on a tear, ended up getting up by 10 again. And then the Dolphins scored and they – Kept it tight throughout, and Dolphins had the you know a chance to win the game and whatnot. But uh, Buffalo ended up getting the ball back, converted what they needed to convert, and uh, ended up winning a tight thirty-four to thirty-one game. And they will be moving on and playing this upcoming weekend. But uh, yeah, we'll get to that matchup later. Yeah, we'll get to the we'll preview the matchups we after spoil. we review. But uh, that one's going to be a, a a big matchup for uh, multiple reasons. Yeah. But yeah, the, the Buffalo Bills, I, I, I've heard some people, you know, some people could draw concerns about this because, you know, it was a third string quarterback by the name of Skylar Thompson that 
only lost to them on the road by three. So it's like, are they concerned? I mean, Josh Allen looked a little bad at times. Uh, wanted to throw the deep ball a lot and uh, converted on a couple of them, but also got burned on a couple of them. And so I I still believe in this Buffalo team. I think they're they're definitely a team that's could represent the AFC in uh, February. But, uh, I mean, they're going to definitely have to play it a little bit better, I think, than they played this past weekend. But uh, did you end up catching this game at all? Or No. Okay. I mean, I, I, I saw the scores that yeah. was happening. And I don't know. I, I don't know if I would have watched it if I was super excited about football either. It was like, yeah, uh, this one's, this is the morning game. I think I can skip this one. Yeah. And I mean, if it's, yeah, like you said, those 10 a.m. games, especially when it's the first of a triple header, it's typically the, yeah. the bad I one. did, w- I did win my pick though. That's right. Yeah. Andy ended up winning that. Andy yeah. liked Miami. I, and, let's uh, not say I liked Miami. I liked the line being so big, okay. thinking weird shit happens in the NFL. It know? does. And uh, I, I never would have picked Miami to win outright. Oh, so. yeah. When they And they were close. I still, even if they were close, they probably were never going to get it done. So no, yeah, they were, they were. But uh, anyway, I had Buffalo. That's a loser for me. Uh, but anyway, going on to the the next game, NFC matchup: the New York Football Giants against the Minnesota Vikings. And Andy and I talked all, and we talked about it a lot throughout the season that the Minnesota Vikings were a phony, a phony. Thirteen and four, they ended up going thirteen and four. Can you uh, can we scroll down here? They ended the season with a negative three-point difference at 13-4, and four, which is absurd. Absolutely absurd. And, I mean, it's wild to me. I mean, uh, so it just shows. They were just they were phony 13-4, and four, and then the New York football giants with their negative six-point differential, but only 9-7-1. So, you know, about a three-and-a-half game difference. Ended up uh, – Daniel Jones looked the best I think he's ever looked. And it was a good a good game, and the Giants were able to get it done, and they uh, ended up winning the game. What was the I don't remember on the top of my head what the final score was thirty one twenty four. That's right, because Kirk Cousins had the ball. Uh, I don't know if you saw this, Andy, but he's got a lot of grief for it because it was about a fourth and eight, and he threw the ball to a receiver that ran about a three yard yeah. play, and of course got stopped right away, and they missed the first down by a healthy four or five yards, and. Uh, that was the Minnesota Vikings season. Yeah, I mean, that, that play has had a lot of uh, discussion about it, a lot of analysis. I've seen some stuff saying, like, that was really the best, maybe the best play he had. Um, I watched a big uh, Kurt Warner breakdown of it, saying, like, this would have been a first down if the tight end didn't um, chip block um, before because he would have had a little extra step on the linebacker because he was matched up one-on-one with the linebacker. That's a, that's a good play to have. Um, and it said both the all the outside receivers were double covered. And it was like the, the side with two receivers ran a terrible route that they were able to cover two guys on two receivers, no problem. So um, Kirk Cousins made the maybe the best decision out of a bunch of terrible decisions. But you could have just said, fuck it, it's Justin Jefferson. You know? Yeah. Uh, you yeah. always could have done that. I don't <laughs> care. Two guys out there, fuck it. Yeah. You know? No, you really could. And also in today's NFL, especially when you're the home team, sometimes. You get that call where maybe Justin Jefferson got tangled up going up for it, and it ends up being a 32-yard pass interference call. So a lot could have happened, but the Minnesota Vikings were never going to get it done this year. They've got talent on the team, but they it wasn't going to be their season. Yeah, I mean, it's clearly their defense is, is a mess. Yeah, I mean, I watched – I mean, Daniel Jones ran all over them. He passed all over them, and he's doing this with you know receivers that most people, the avid fan, has never even heard of. And what was very interesting, I thought, and it was funny because I was actually – 
watching this game at the post where Tommy works. And Tommy, of course, comes in, you know, big, big uh, Giants fan and a big fan of ours that we will get on this podcast in the sometime in the near future. And we both had the same thought, like late in the game when the Giants had the ball, even with like five, six minutes left, that they just weren't handing the ball to Barkley. And the couple times Barkley got carries, he looked good. He was running through the defense pretty well. I mean, can we actually click on it really quick just so I can see what uh, Barkley's uh, stats were and stuff? Because Barkley ended up, uh, yeah, so he nine only nine carries, but 53 yards, averaged six, 5.9 yards a carry, two touchdowns. He had a 28-yard run, but Daniel Jones – Took the bulk of it with 17 carries for 78 yards. And, uh, yeah, but, I mean, you look at some of these guys that, you know, led in passing for them. Daniel Jones ends up throwing for 301 yards, two touchdowns, no picks. And it's guys, Isaiah Hodgins, Darius Slayton, his running back, Saquon Barkley, Richie James, the notable guys that caught his passes. And it's like, those are a lot of guys that, other than Saquon Barkley, I mean, Isaiah Hodgins, Darius Slayton, Richie James, those are people that, you know, they're not a lot of people have heard of. So especially when you look on the other side and you see TJ Hokinson, Adam Thielen, Justin Jefferson, guys that are very well known receivers and tight ends. And yeah, the Giants got it done. And it was a, it was a very impressive game by Daniel Jones. One of the best games overall that I've seen him play, especially in probably the biggest game he's ever played. I don't know if he's ever even been to the playoffs yet. So kudos to Daniel Jones and uh, they'll have a nice matchup that we'll get into next week as well. Yeah. I think uh, coaching, um, tackers here big. This has been a big part of that the whole season is the guy comes in and in one season turns around the, the, the whole offense. So. <laughs> Sorry. No, salute. Uh, so anyway, moving on to the, the next game, which was the Sunday night affair, which was a, a rematch of week 18, the Baltimore Ravens at the Cincinnati Bengals. So this was one of those games where if you were betting on it, it mattered when you got the line because this game actually opened up at minus six and a half, got all the way up by about Wednesday or Tuesdays when it changed. And I think it peaked somewhere around Thursday or Friday to about nine and a half. And then money came back in on the Ravens and the line actually closed at Cincinnati minus eight. So uh, Bengals ended up winning this game by seven. So for you betters out there, it mattered when you actually uh, – Got the game, and uh, it was a very oh to go to go backwards game. here. We we split the oh other team. So, so Minnesota, I picked Minnesota. I have the Giants. So you you won that one. Yeah, and uh, spoilers here. Andy and I both lost. The yeah, Cincinnati so we, game. we both picked Cincinnati. We didn't like what Baltimore could do, but they they played hard. They kept it close. They made Cincinnati offense not look all that good, and they really. Maybe could have won the game. We, we alluded uh, to yeah, it earlier. Yeah, but the, was... the big play, which is like I didn't watch this game, but I did see what happened, was uh, that Baltimore's quarterback, Tyler Huntley, tried to do the reach over the goal line move. Uh, didn't work, and the worst thing that could happen happened, and it was uh, poked out and returned for 98 yards and touchdown. Insane. Which is, uh, which is why the Trevor so... Lawrence play is a different context, because um, – it's a do or die play. So here's there's no penalty. I mean, you could exactly, you could, yeah. you could have two points scored on you. Yeah, exactly. But um, the but, odds of that and the effect it would have was minimal. Yeah. But here's this was one of the first things I said, Andy, when this play when I was watching this play. I watched this live. I saw this play happen live. The I believe it was Andrews 
almost got the guy, almost chased him down. In my head, all I was wondering, I mean, and who knows? I don't remember what their set was, so maybe they didn't have any of their speedsters out there. But all I was thinking was if Baltimore did have a running back out there or a receiver or two, that it didn't seem like anybody went after to chase that guy down. Because this was it was literally 100 yards. And I, I must say, uh, uh, there's a, a couple of receivers, I'm sure, on the Baltimore Ravens or a running back or even, honestly, even the, I mean, I'm not going to go as far as say the quarterback because quarterbacks I'm sure aren't the best at tackling, but that could have maybe chased him down and at least prevented at least it being a touchdown. And so like that was, to me, I was kind of like, and again, it all happened so fast. Maybe the guys didn't realize what had happened because it was all bunched in at the, you know, the one yard line and he goes to jump in, but nonetheless, you know, well, Lamar Jackson's, didn't come back. I'm not sure if he was ever going to come back this playoffs. It feels to me like he was more in a mindset of I'm not going to risk getting hurt more without a guarantee of a contract. And that's honestly probably smart. You're thinking about yourself. And I know it rubbed some teammates the wrong way. I know Sammy Watkins had a comment about it saying that he should, you know, basically that he should play, like basically said it without saying it. And, uh, you know, I don't know what's going to happen with Lamar Jackson moving forward, but he was focused on his health and himself. And I, you know, RG three actually talked about that saying how, when he just put a, was told to put a brace on it and did, and it led to basically ruining his NFL career because the injury continued and never fully healed. And, you know, I, Lamar Jackson's looking out for himself. So you can't blame that, but uh, yeah, I'd rather see Cincinnati, I guess, moving on than Baltimore is basically what I was trying to get at there. So you were talking about the, like getting chased down on the fumble. And I had this memory. You probably remember this. I think it was a playoff game. Maybe not. It was the Steelers-Colts. Oh, that was a playoff game, all right. Yeah. Jerome Bettis fumbled, and, and Roethlisberger made the tackle, yeah, and the, the Colts missed the field goal, right? It up. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I remember that. I remember where I was when I watched it. That was, the year the, that was the year the Steelers won the Super Bowl. They beat the Seahawks that year. That was The Colts were the number two seed. It was the, the divisional. It was the second round. It was the divisional game because that was the year. I can break down that whole playoff. <laughs> That was yeah. the year Champ Bailey. I remember that. That, that he was beat, the, he beat the Patriots. That was the year when the Steelers played the Bengals, and it was like the mm. first play of the game for the Bengals. Carson Palmer throws up like a sixty-yard pass to TJ Hushmanzada, and it was the three versus six seed. And I thought right away, all right, Steelers are done. But as they panned the camera over, Carson Palmer was on the ground because he had torn his ACL or whatever it was, and they brought in their backup, who I couldn't even remember who that was. And Steelers won, and then they went and played the number. I think the Colts were the one seed, and they played the Colts. No, I think, so Colts would have been two. Denver was Denver number was one. Denver was one? It was a weird Denver year. and that I, was. I knew Denver was one or two, but I didn't remember. I De- they, Denver played the Patriots in Denver. I remember that was the champ Bailey of the 99 year. Okay. Return. So the Colts were the two seed then, and they played the Colts. See, I remember and then the Bettis was ready to put the game to rest, and he fumbled, and they got it. They were running Roethlisberger. Got the guy by the ankle and just got him down. And then it did lead to a Mike Vanderjeck attempt to tie the game and he missed. And I also, you know, what's funny about you bringing that up was that uh, literally today, a podcast I was listening to, they somehow brought up Mike Vanderjeck. And I guess there was stuff that came out recently or on about recently, but at some point where Peyton Manning basically just said that Vanderjeck was just a huge drunk or something yeah. like that. Well, I wonder if it was in relation to the Dallas kicker. I think it because, was. Because Vanderjet was the greatest kicker of all time until that moment, and then he Yeah, he was it. never the same. Yeah. He was never the same. Uh, you could argue, I mean, like, Vinatieri was up there with him at those, in well, those I mean, times. By, by percentage-wise. Yeah, it, it was like Steve Nash at the free throw line, and he got in time, this guy kicked the field goal. 
And uh, yeah, he his career was never the same at that point. And uh, the Steelers did win that game. Then I don't, I don't remember exactly how the game was against Denver, but I obviously remember it was like, won. oh, Denver has Jake Plummer. They're gonna get fucking crushed. Yeah, probably. But uh, yeah, no, thanks for the memory, Andy. That was a uh, good times. But, I have uh, bad memories about that Denver team because they they changed the course. Who was even was on that team? Was it Clint Portis that was running back on that team? Or no, because they Champ Bailey was traded for him. So I don't I don't know I don't know anyone on their offense. Their defense was fucking insufferable, yeah, and they, they they that is why they got to where they were. They hurt. Um, they. They killed Drew Brees and changed the course of history. Who knows what would happen? Because the Chargers were like, well, he's dead. We'll move on. <laughs> but uh, anyway, uh, moving on to the final game. It was the Monday Night Affair. Dallas Cowboys at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I per- Oh, Andy and I oh, – yeah, we both said we already had Cincinnati. But I personally thought Tampa Bay was going to give them a game. I talked about it. I picked Tampa Bay. Andy was on Dallas. And that was the right side because that – Despite what anybody was saying about, oh, the Cowboys, and we brought it up, oh, the Cowboys, they struggle on the grass on the road. Well, they did not struggle on the grass on the road yesterday. Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Tom Brady struggled on the grass yesterday because that pass rush was getting to Brady. He wasn't having time. He's throwing short passes, and then you parlay that with the fact that Dak Prescott looked the best that I've ever seen him play. Definitely his best game of the season by far. And the Dallas Cowboys just controlled the whole game. 31 to 14. One of the little stories of that game was the fact that the Dallas Cowboys kicker, the first four touchdowns Dallas scored, he missed all four extra points, which is insane. And after he missed, I think it was the third one, you can see uh, uh, Dak Prescott. There was a footage of him yelling on the sideline, fuck, go for fucking two. And, you know, and I already thought, like, I hate to say this, but it's like, I think we all know that the kickers are the outcast of the locker room, I feel like, unless unless you're Justin Tucker or someone. Because when you're Justin Tucker, you're walking around the podcast, I mean the podcast, well, the locker room, you're walking around the locker room with your big dick energy and you're like, hey, like, I'm the, I'm the best kicker maybe arguably ever. And yeah, but this guy's pretty great too. I know he is, but surprising. I'm saying it, it, yeah. you can turn on the kicker quick unless it's Justin Tucker. I think Justin Tucker could go over three in a game and nobody would still be like, fuck this guy. But when you're someone like Bill Maher, who is a good kicker, and you go over for four on, or will end up going one for five on extra points, I think you're allowed to be like, yo, dude, what yeah. the hell? But hey, at least it didn't end up coming back to haunt him. You know, the Cowboys did move on and. It'll be very interesting to see if, because uh, I think this next their next matchup is going to be a game that I think we could see some field goals because it's going to be yeah. a couple of good defensive teams. Well, we will preview these four games, but we do have to just mention the Tom Brady factor. Uh, Tom Brady's a free agent. I think he still wants to play. A lot of rumors about uh, Las Vegas. They're moving on from Derek Carr. Um, so that'll be interesting to see where he goes. I, I wouldn't be too invested. I think it'd be strange if he went to, to the Raiders because I don't think the Raiders are a quarterback away. But um, I don't know. I think I think he's done here with Tampa Bay. Uh, Tampa did fire their offensive coordinator as well for this game. So uh, their offense was bad all year, and Brady was the quarterback. So I don't, I don't know what to take from that. Tony, do you think Brady should move to Las Vegas here? I do. I think because Brady's timetable is short. Brady's forty, like five years old. I think what'll, what he sh- could do if the Raiders wanted it was you go to Vegas, you sign a two-year deal. And and then you do like three nights of shows. <laughs> the, the Rio. I'm saying like you do a, t- a two-year deal 
I'm actually glad you asked me this because I, I actually wanted to like, I actually thought about some of this in my head earlier today, but I think he goes to the Raiders, you know, he teams back up with McDaniels has this, which was, you know, his guy in new England. He ends it. He has a stud receiver in Devonte Adams. I don't know what's going to happen with Josh Jacobs, but regardless, he has a small white guy. In he, Renfro, does, he has a small white guy in Renfro, which could be great. Darren Waller looked pretty good in that, uh, towards the end for the Raiders. I mean, if he can stay healthy, um, you know, they got other good pieces that defense, you know, I mean, it's got Max Crosby. I mean, they could, you know, definitely use some help on defense, but you know, there's potential, but I think Las Vegas also with Tom Brady, he's a, he's not married anymore. I feel like living, you could live in a high rise somewhere in Vegas and just be the King of Sin City for a couple of years. And, have a good time. Probably live out somewhere in the hills, obviously. And uh, the hills, there's got to be some hills or something in Vegas. There's like real mountains, but there's no. But I mean, like, I there's, there's there's a rich area which is that's just what hotels. I'm like that's the hills. Okay, a hotel, man-made hills. <laughs> no, I think <laughs> penthouse. But I'm saying, garage. like, I think there's there's got to be. I've seen a friend of mine post up before with like someone she knows that lives. Uh, maybe they Vegas. built out like, there, but like I'm saying, it's desert. There's got to be a, a there's section mountains. Of, that you can view. Yeah. Because where do all these guys live then that have money? Fucking penthouses and shit. Do they really? Yeah. It just looks like they're, they're high up <laughs> on a hill because of their location in, you know, the MGM Grand. Yeah. Well. So unless they're living in Red Rock Canyon National Park. Okay. Well, I don't know where the rich areas in Vegas are, but I regardless, Vegas can, I mean, Vegas, Brady can live in a penthouse where he can just, you know, he'll be fine. Sunrise Manor. Look at that. That could be. That sounds right there, right where the mouse is. All right. Yeah, that sounds like a nice place. <laughs> Was it old folks' home? <laughs> fucking like junked out trucks, <laughs> junkyard. Uh, well, fucking manufacturing. Uh, well. Fucking auto parts stores. Yep, it's beautiful. Well, Trailer parks. <laughs> <laughs> well, regardless, I think I think Brady could go there for. So I actually just saw it today that said the odds of where he'll he'll land. And it said two to one odds, Tampa Bay, two and a half to one odds for uh, the Raiders. And then there was one that was like just under four to one odds to uh, the, the 49ers. But I mean, I, I think the 49ers, it depends how Brock Purdy does, because I think if Brock Purdy wins the Super Bowl, then I think they're going to be like, hey, this is our guy for next year. But if Brock Purdy loses this upcoming weekend or something, then I think they'll be like, okay, Brock, it was a fun, it was a fun uh, month and a half or so, but we're gonna, you know, try to go get Tom Brady. Because the other thing though is too is like the Raiders, I think, are like Tom Brady. It's they're in a win now situation. I mean, I think they have Devontae Adams for like four more years or something, but they're not trying to rebuild. I mean, this is like a we want to bring a Super Bowl to Vegas right now. And I'm not saying Tom Brady's gonna be that answer because he didn't look it wasn't his best year this year, and he's now he's gonna be a year older, but Fuck, you never know. I mean, especially with this guy. I mean, age is really just a number when you think about a guy like Tom Brady because he probably feels and definitely looks better, but feels better than probably a lot of 23-year-olds out there. So that's my take on that. I don't know. I Honestly, I'd rather – I just think Tampa Bay, it's like – I don't know. I mean, I, they still have some good weapons, but I think I think he's ready for a change of pace if he, if he uh, wants to stay another couple of years. And I think he has to. I think with the fact that – Everybody knows that, oh, you, you know, basically according to, you know, whatever is that you, you basically gave up your family for uh, football 
you know, they kind of, it sounds like they gave you an ultimatum and you chose football and then had a season like this. So it's kind of like, you know what, maybe you do go out there one more year and at least, at least end with a better season than what was produced. Yeah. Well, I mean, we'll see. I don't know if he has the body for it, especially if he goes to Vegas, you know how much fucking water he's going to have to drink? Be crazy. Um, all right. You ready for these uh, four, four previews here? Yes, I am. Um, our picks here. So the first game next week, Saturday, 1.30, NBC, Jacksonville at KC. So the Chiefs are eight-and-a-half-point favorites. So um, Jacksonville looked impressive for one half of football. Can they keep it up? Will it matter? Will the Chiefs just, you know, figure out a way to score on them? Um, you want me to go first? Yeah, go first. Um, I, I'll go with the Chiefs here. I don't know if that's a revenge or anything, but... Um, I think Jacksonville won their Super Bowl. I think they're, they're good. They are not expected to win this next game. So uh, maybe a little, little bit of a letdown for them here. Yeah. You know, you know what's so funny is that obviously I want to I wanna take the Chiefs, but then it's like I just love the, the Trevor Lawrence thing about the fact that from high school, college, and the pros, he's 37-0 on Saturdays. And it's like I don't know what that has to do with, but you know what? I also, I'm sure you don't like the Chiefs. I really don't like the Chiefs that much either. I'm tired of seeing the Chiefs win, so I am going to take Jacksonville getting eight and a half. Would I be surprised if Kansas City won this game like 45 to six? No, but I'm going to hope that Jacksonville or Kansas City, or I mean Kansas City, I almost said I hope Jacksonville or Kansas City loses this game. Mm-hmm. Like that would be something, but I, I'd like, you know, I wouldn't mind seeing Jacksonville move on, and then I think that would be the farthest they go. But yeah. All right, the next game we got an NFC East rivalry. The New York football giants at the Philadelphia Eagles. Philadelphia Eagles, only seven and a half point favorites. We saw this game back in week 18 where the Giants rested their starters, as in Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley, a few others. The Eagles had Jalen Hurts back at home, and that was a 16-point spread. Now it's only a a 7.5-point spread because, as we talked about, the Giants only lost that game by 6. And I will say, Daniel Jones looked good. And I think Jalen Hurts is still banged up, so I'll go first here, and I'll say, you know what? Give me the 7.5 with the Giants. I'll ride the the highness of that. All right, we're taking different again here. Very good. I do feel like they should allow Joe Buck and uh, Troy to do this game. Um, they aren't. They don't have a game this week. Maybe they're done for the season now. Um, but I feel like just for old times, they should allow it to happen. Uh, uh, so what? they can only do ESPN. I was going to say, because there's two games on Fox. but Yeah, they, they're they right. for ESPN now. Yeah. Although this last week, they allowed Al Michaels to come back to NBC for one game. Um, and I don't think it worked out. So. I, don't think, I think ESPN, though, and Fox are actual like rivals, though, I feel like. Yeah. Or not ESPN. Yeah, that was yeah, an ESPN Amazon. Was. Amazon led Al Michaels, so I think a little different. Although but, I think both are owned by Disney, though, right? ESPN and Fox, or no? So Disney bought Fox, but not Fox Sports. <laughs> it's very confusing. Okay, that is confusing. Yeah. So that's still its own thing. Um, yeah, I think it's still Rupert Murdoch and all that stuff. So remember how The Simpsons used to make fun of Fox all the time, and it was like funny. Oh yeah. Well now. Disney owns The Simpsons, but they don't own like Fox 11, or I think is how that works. I might be wrong, but it's it's definitely they don't own the sports part of it. So. Um, yeah, Fox has two games. That's going to be, I don't know what teams they have there. Um, 
I don't know how they get that deal. I don't know how that works, but I don't know, irrelevant. Uh, the, the next the next game, now Sunday, we're into Sunday. Um, Sunday at noon on CBS is Cincinnati at Buffalo. I think this is the premier game of the week here, although there's uh, the next game's actually got a lower spread. But um, Buffalo's favored by five, which is um, a lot, I would say, for what we would think would be evenly matched. And I think it actually opened at like three also. Like it's been yeah. – money's been coming in. And like we said we, – and here's the thing. Cincinnati didn't look that amazing either. Yeah, I think that's a big part of it. But like, but Buffalo didn't either. What so. was what was the spread in the the, the game from three weeks ago? Buffalo, remember? I do. I think I want to say it was Buffalo minus about two or two and a half. Well, it was in Cincinnati. So. Yeah, and Buffalo was still the favorite. Okay, so okay, do, and then that makes sense. It makes yeah. sense. The neutral field, yeah, is you know they say it's worth a couple of points. So yeah, they're they're yeah they're basically saying that. Uh, I mean, yeah, actually, really, if that was the case, Buffalo should honestly maybe be even favored by a little bit more because you would think. I mean, they're basically saying they give like home field like a few points. They're basically saying if you're two and a half on the road, neutral, you'd be around five. So they're basically then saying on at home, Buffalo would have been favored by like eight is what they're really thinking. So maybe that's what people are thinking. Maybe it's the maybe it's sharp money coming in on Buffalo early. But I don't know. I mean, this is one of those games, too, where, as we know, this is the Monday night game that didn't happen on week 17 where DeMar Hamlin got hit. And had cardiac arrest on the field. The game was canceled. Never ended up happening. Never got made up. And now here they are just about three weeks later getting to play each other. And it's just one of those feelings where I just feel like I don't see us. I just I feel like DeMar Hamlin's going to somehow be at this game. And they're going to show him on the Jumbotron. The place is going to go nuts. It's going to be like, wow, I almost died against this team. Well, and who you, knows? Maybe some Bengal players want to see him too because they were all say, there. Can you imagine if like. He gives T. Higgins a hug or something. It'll be like fucking crazy. It might be a situation yeah. like that because I'm sure T. Higgins was beat up about it, and it might be a heavy emotional game, and I could see uh, that being something that really charges the Bills. But hey, Joe Burrow was underdog in this game last year when they were going against the the Titans, and they got it done. So you know what? You can't count out Joe. But with that said, yeah, I never gave a pick. <laughs> I, I, I will take the. The Bills. Okay. I think I think there's gonna be too much emotion in that game. I think Bills get this game done by uh, a, a touchdown. Well, we're going opposite again. Um, I think this is it's too much of a toss up for me. So if, if it's a, if I think it's a toss up, I'm gonna take the the points. Yeah, and then five's not a bad number. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely yeah a couple scores that are possible there. Um, last game of the week, three thirty on Fox. Dallas at San Francisco. San Francisco three and a half point favorites, which a little surprised to me. I think San Francisco is. Well, I don't want to, I guess, tip my pick here, but that San Francisco's proved they're an elite team into only getting the little bit extra um, on that that line. I'm surprised, uh, but you know, maybe people are are on Dallas now after that. I think if, that's what it is. If Dallas won that game yesterday, twenty four to thirteen. It's a probably a bigger line, but people are like, whoa, whoa, Dallas is Dallas is bad. I think it's also because if, it's how Dallas looked too. I mean, the defense was giving Brady trouble, yeah. so I think they're thinking, will they? Could they give a Purdy trouble? And then Dak Prescott looked amazing, but I think the big takeaway in this game, what's going to be the problem, is that the Niners' rush defense is very good, and I mean, you're going to have to. I think they're going to be able to at least contain for the most part, at least, at least prevent big plays, contain Elliott and Pollard. And then you're going to have to have Prescott go on the road and have another big game against a much better defense. I don't think that's going to happen. 
And like you said, I think three and a half is too small right here. And the, the Cowboys are probably the most public team in the world. I mean, that's why they're quote unquote America's team. Niners so, aren't that far behind. I know they're not, yeah. but I would say, I would say, you know, three and a half is kind of a, it's one of those numbers where it's like at three and a half, you kind of want to take Dallas and at minus at three and a half, you want to not take the Niners, but you know, it's one of those things where if I was betting on it, I would definitely buy the Niners down to like three or two and a half or something. But for this sake, I will just say that I, I'll just, I'll keep writing it. They're, they're too hot right now. And I'll, I'll say the Niners, if I, you know, gun to my head, I'll say, I bet you get this one done. I'm sticking with them as well. Um, so we have three games that we're different on. So that means we won't tie, right? Yeah, this will be a good week. Perfect. So um, what was I going to say about that? I mean, this, these teams did play a big playoff game last year, and the road team ended up winning that game. Uh, that was the Dak Prescott slide. Um, they ran out of time. Oh, Very wow. I, for, play. I forgot about that. Um, so, I don't know. Maybe Dallas is going to return the favor now, but you know, I still I still like the Niners here. All righty. Well, is that going to wrap us up? Yeah, you were worried we are going to have a short episode. Yeah, no, we ended up talking a good amount of uh, yeah. a good amount of football. I mean, that just shows you that football is always the bulk of our uh, our stuff. All we did was talk about football today, and, you know, we had it, brought out another clean, lengthy episode for you guys. Well, you've been listening to episode 307 of the Tony Steak Podcast. I'm Sean, and joined with me, we had Off-Road Andy. Thank you. And Tony Katz. Yes, thank you. See you later.